The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, thanks for hanging with us out there in the Healthcare Wrap Posse. I'm Jared Johnson, your host, and this is Season 2 of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place you want to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and create the digital health experience that happens outside the clinic. You can join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com and hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap. And finally, a special thank you to Express Docs, Ulterra Digital, and the podcast.healthcare network for helping us spread the awesome yo. We couldn't do this without you. You know that. Our guest today is Alex Membrio. We want to welcome him. Alex is the CEO of Cardinal Digital Marketing. Alex, how are you doing today? Good, Jared. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be a blast. This is, man. We are we are kind of on this little rocket ship and uh, you are leading us in orbit. So we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We're going to talk digital. We're going to talk about things that you're seeing out there. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about where you are. Tell us about Cardinal and uh, we'll get going. Yeah, good. I'll make that. I'll make the intro part snappy. So we started a, a marketing agency about 10 years ago. We started with SEO and then became great experts in paid media over the last like seven years or so. The majority of our revenue and business is in the healthcare arena. So large medical groups like a 90 location urgent care, 160 location dental group. We really specialize in large multi-location SEO and paid search campaigns for our medical clients. And we're trying to lead the way in uh, some new technology that we're going to talk about later that's going to help with patient acquisition. Acquisition, but that's a little bit about my business. And for me, I had um, my second son was born about two and a half weeks ago. Today is a good day. I actually slept last night. My wife was kind enough to stay up with him because we had this discussion coming, but it is a crapshoot how anybody's going to be feeling in this health day to day right now. I was going to ask if you've gotten much sleep last night. So, holy <laughs> cow, congratulations on the new edition. That's amazing. Thanks, man. Hello there, healthcare marketers. Robert Rose, Chief Strategy Advisor for the Content Marketing Institute here. And if you're a fan of this show, and I know you are, you know that the show is here and the mission is clear. And today's marketing mission in healthcare, it's all about content. You need help connecting with customers and growing your business through the creation of epic content? Then you're going to want to check out Content Marketing World 2019, this September 3rd through 6th in Cleveland, Ohio. That's where you can rub elbows with the best and the brightest in the content marketing industry. Now, 
not only that, but on Friday, September 6th, we've got an all-day health summit sponsored by the Cleveland Clinic for healthcare marketers just like you. You can learn from content marketing leaders who won't let regulations, HIPAA, or enterprise-based challenges get in the way of delivering the right content to patients when they need it. And here's a special bonus just for you. Use the code HCRAP100. Not a pretty looking hashtag, but it's the right one. HCRAP100, and you're going to save an extra 100 bucks on your registration. Go to contentmarketingworld.com to learn more and to register today. This is a fun break. I was, it was funny. Um, noon was coming and um, our discussion time was coming and I had him, I was feeding him up in the nursery and I was like, baby, I have to go down. This is in three minutes and I'm running down. I'm throwing him in the crib and running down here, grabbing a snack like, whoo, parenting it is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. Not easy, well rewarding and uh Amazing that, like I said, congrats on the new addition there. So you guys are based in Atlanta, and uh, I get the feeling just in general, you enjoy what you do. You mentioned uh, some of those things, and we're just going to talk about some of the things you've been seeing recently in the rap battle. So let's move into that, and we'll get going. Rap battle! The rap battle is where we challenge the status quo. We challenge how things have been happening in the past. That usually has to do with healthcare marketing and technology because those things are becoming more and more related to each other. They're kind of just intertwined. It's not just marketing or just technology. It's all, it all tends to fall under digital somewhere. So this is really your world you live and breathe in, Alex. And I'm curious, let's just start off somewhere because I know things have just evolved a lot, especially over the last few years. And when you're sitting there in a hospital or healthcare system, like one of the ones you described, you know, maybe a health system with dozens of locations and you are sitting there trying to man the controls, you're in the trenches and you're wanting to have a successful digital organization. You want to have a, a strategy that's actually working. I'm curious where you start. We'll set the stage for that in terms of what have you been seeing recently? What kinds of questions are you getting related to digital campaigns? So you have two different types of medical groups. You have the groups that are really just started getting started in digital and that's 75% of them. And then you have the more advanced medical groups and larger health systems that have onboarded CRM and they're more advanced. And the, the needs of the two and where they should start differ. So I'll kind of, I'll describe where the more novel medical group should start because that's the majority of people out there and they'll have some small in-house teams usually one digital marketing manager and he or she doesn't know where to start typically when we are brought into those conversations what i'll tell them is it doesn't matter how much traffic we drive if your provider profiles have really negative reviews so making sure the reputation of the practice the individual providers is on point is really paramount we start there and oftentimes that takes some time because the providers will get knocked and the practice will get knocked for things that are often attributed to front office issues, billing issues, timing on uh, appointment setting and things like that. Usually that's the first place it starts to get all of the reputation type stuff ironed out. Make sure we're asking lots of positive polys for great reviews. After that, with a novice medical group, I say don't overcomplicate it. SEO and page search still drive the majority of patients to practices. And a lot of medical groups, they're used to brand awareness and we're gonna run big TV and billboard campaigns and things like that. Yes, okay, that's all great, but make sure you have the basics down and you've got hand raisers on Google saying, I need knee surgery. I need to see a cardiovascular surgeon right now. Go make sure you're targeting them on SEO and paid search. And once those building blocks are built, 
Then you start getting into more advanced things that more uh, the larger medical groups or the more advanced groups need, which is like CRM and patient acquisition attribution and and fun stuff like that. But basics first, reputation and search. Those really are, those are the foundation pieces. And I imagine everyone listening would agree with those. If someone feels like that foundation isn't in place yet, what are some good tips to get to improve where they are? You know, are there common mistakes you're seeing that when it comes to to SEO and paid search. Let's start there. Are there common mistakes you're still seeing and a good place to kind of improve? So we talk about improving the reputation of providers. A lot of medical groups are still stuck in the mindset that referrals, referring providers are going to send a lot of business their way. And so they focus their SEO a lot on building up their own provider profiles. It's like, that's not really the way things are going anymore. Consumers are able to go to the interwebs and find their own provider on their own. So your practice needs to show up. You're not so much marketing the individual providers anymore like your physician liaisons are doing or your direct marketers. This is different. On search, you're really marketing the practice, wanting to show up for treatments, conditions, locations. And so making sure that those things are taken care of. If you're an orthopedic surgery clinic and you've got three locations, you should be saying you're an orthopedic. Each one of those locations should have its own page for SEO purposes and should say orthopedic surgeon plus whatever location with a nice description, a lot of content on that page. Same thing for paid search. You should be running ads for each location, each treatment coming to a specific landing page based on that. For all of those marketers though that are out there, I think it gets daunting. Where do I start? Who do I ask for advice? And there are agencies like us that have tons of eBooks and webinars and blog articles, and those are great. But if you want your hand to be held a little bit more, you can reach out to the agency. But if you're a smaller group and your budget is under, let's say, 2,500 a month, you can go find great hourly help on Upwork.com. And you can go find a great SEO person, a great paid search person. They will do the audits. A reputation person will do the audits, and they'll tell you where to start. That's a great tip in terms of because there is a mix there. There are those who who wish they had that budget that is you know a lot bigger than that, that's exponentially more than that threshold, and they do wonder where to start. And so that's very helpful, you know, just to know that there are ways to do that without having the full program in place because that is something that gets frustrating being in there in the trenches day to day. You know, let's dive into SEO a little bit more. What other trends there have you noticed are things still the same they were two or three years ago? five years ago in terms of, okay, hey, we're just going to make sure, you know, as long as we have things uh, marked up on the back end of the site and the code, you know, I'm sure we're going to show up, you know, at the top of the page. What are you seeing there? What's different than it used to be? Good question. So a lot, I started the agency 10 years ago and I was doing SEO in high school for my father's pinball machine business. And a lot has changed in terms of the methods for doing the similar things like the on-site markups. A lot of that has become more complex. Link building has changed from directories to building great content. So a lot of the tenants don't get scared away to all my marketing managers out there. Don't get scared away by Google's changing a ton and I have to keep up and I need someone to do it because I'll never be able... Like That's not true. You can keep up. The, the tenants are mostly the same. And what I found that has predominantly changed that you should be aware of with SEO is... Google is looking for brands and they are looking for answers to popular questions. With brands, it's how Google is separating. It's how they know how to rank people now because you have a lot of sites that pop over overnight and how they can tell that that site's a pop-up overnight other than domain age and links is by how many people are searching for that brand. So a well-known 
brand's going to get a lot more brand searches and that helps your Google ranking. So making sure that you are running really effective Facebook advertising that's having people go back to Google and search for your brand is important. It's actually important for SEO and a lot of people don't know that. Voice search is a big thing now. People are saying, what the hell do we do with voice search? What do I need to know? And I'm seeing if you Google things, you're not, you're seeing all of those featured snippets. They're called people also ask, you know, it'll answer other questions. And to get in there, you have to answer a lot of the most popular questions out there on your website. So every one of your pages that's really important to you, have an FAQ on there, mark it up with schema tags, right? You want to mark it up with an FAQ schema tag so Google knows, hey, this medical system or this medical group, this website page, they're trying to answer a lot of questions that patients are going to need answered. And so they're going to show you up in, they're going to show your website up on Google when you answer a lot of those common questions. So at the end of the day with SEO still comes down to having things tagged correctly on your website and having lots of really great content. I need a dime, ain't faking a bone. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. So we used to focus on zero moment of truth, right? We used to focus on before you click through to, you pull it up on Google and you search for it and then you know it's before someone even gets to your site. Yeah. So zero moment of truth. And now it feels like it's it's very much even before that, before you even click through to the search result page that Google is providing you some answers, some suggestions. Right. How do you prepare for that? Or is that just like you said as well? You know, is that mm-hmm. just kind of the same strategy? Same strategy. You want to answer lots of questions and mark them up correctly so that hopefully you get into those answers for those questions. At the end of the day, remember what Google's trying to do. It's trying to make money. How does it do that? It keeps people on its platform looking and clicking on ads. It doesn't make money on SEO. <laughs> it's just a necessary evil to their business. And so SEO in the long run is going to continue to get diminished. You had only 3.2% of all searches resulted in a pay-per-click in recent years. This year, it's gone up to 46 4.7%. They're getting craftier and making it more disguised in terms of what's an ad and what's not. Now the Google Maps, those are ads. And the people also ask. They're answering questions because they don't want people clicking through to websites that they don't make advertising money on. So it's going to get trickier. What I tell all marketers out there, don't be over leveraged in just SEO or just paid search or just Facebook advertising. You need a smorgasbord because these ad platforms are always changing. And if one stops working, you need to be able to drive patients another way. What a good way to kind of just be the glue in between all of these pieces. I mean, it's, it is a jigsaw puzzle that 
that keeps changing. So, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that that doesn't have to mean we get scared off or, or frustrated or, or worried that we're not going to be able to keep up because that's so important to recognize that you don't have to chase the cat chasing a laser pointer, you know, chasing every little thing. And now we have to pivot our strategy. Now we have to pivot it again two months later. sounds like there's still some basics regarding our digital strategy that we can feel confident in, in moving forward on. And SEO is one of those. It sounds like paid search is still one of those as well. What tips would you give us for paid search these days? Oh man, I would say that it definitely still works. I think health systems have trouble shoving patients in the bottom of the funnel. Someone that's looking for an orthopedic surgeon, I think that still works. There's a lot of different thoughts out there of whether that works. We have found that that works really well. The paid search, it's still really cost effective. And a lot of people get scared off. Oh, that's going to be $5 a click. Who cares? It's going to be $5 a click. That surgery is worth $1,500 to you. And if it's not a surgery, how often is that patient going to be coming in? What's the patient lifetime value? I want my marketers to start asking their executive boards and their CEOs, what is the patient lifetime value? Let's all agree on that. Okay. What is an acceptable cost per patient? And the executive team has to give that to the marketer. Because the marketer is then going to go back every month and it's on the marketer. The onus now becomes on the marketer. I have to come back as the marketer and tell them how many patients I'm acquiring and at what cost. And that requires attribution and some more complex tech systems to make sure that we can attribute everything to the dollar. But paid search works. Don't get scared off by the dollar. Just make sure you and your executive team are bought in on what an acceptable cost per lead and cost per patient is. A combination of paid search, Facebook, and SEO, you're definitely going to be able to hit your targets if you're doing it right, because a lot of medical groups are still really antiquated in digital advertising. So it's kind of, it's not, the pricing is still cheap on all of this advertising because a lot of groups haven't figured it out yet. So a lot of math right there. So just comparing the lifetime value of the customer to that cost per acquisition, it sounds like maybe sometimes we've just gotten complacent. We've just gotten used to seeing really low numbers for our cost, you know, for our CPAs, for our CPCs, you know, for everything. And and then uh, we're not linking that. You know, what I heard there is that onus on the marketer to really put two and two together to understand like this, there's your ROI right there. Understanding what that lifetime value is for a certain procedure and then making that a really easy case to say why we're spending so much on each click there. Absolutely. And Jared, I want to tack something else on that I'm hearing from my clients. We're running, we run a lot of Facebook advertising and display. I lump them together. Let's just call it display. And... What we hear quite often from some of our in-house teams is my executive team, and they, my marketers know better, clients know better, but the executive teams are sometimes coming to them and saying, why are we running Facebook advertising? The cost per patient is too high. We cannot look at things like that anymore. And this is a multi-touch world, and we have to look at our attribution in the same way. And so I would challenge all of our marketers out there to try to build multi-touch acquisition attribution. It is not easy. We are working on technology to do it. But that's really where it comes down to making sure you're running all the right types of media at the right level so you know exactly where to spend the next dollar to acquire the next patient. Not easy to do, but I want everybody to start doing it because I'm getting tired of executive teams telling our marketers to stop running display and Facebook advertising because the cost per patient is too high. It actually lowers your overall cost per acquisition because you have brand awareness in your markets, but hard to prove that out when you're just looking at one last click attribution metric. Well, having been there in those conversations, I can attest to that, that, that sometimes that's literally just enough for the executive team to be dangerous and, and say, let's just kill that off now that there's any kind of line item attribution with a single touch that they think that 
because they're not drawing that line, the, the fact that there is, this really is a multi-touch attribution world, yeah. like you said. And I don't even, and Jared, I don't even know where this mentality came from because everybody was running TV and billboards until we came around. So like y'all didn't even have any kind of attribution. You should be thanking our in-house marketing teams that they're able to come to you with anything. You know, it's funny. But anyway, so healthcare, I mean, it's so, so fun because healthcare has got a long way to go in terms of uh, modernizing itself with marketing. And Jared, you and I get to be on the forefront of this stuff. And, the education, the more we educate, the more patients we help get well by modernizing healthcare marketing, the more people we can link up with the best providers. I love optimizing our medical group's marketing because it just means I can get that many more people well. Amen, brother. <laughs> All right. So what technologies are like, what are you keeping your eye on, you know, that could affect digital campaigns moving forward? Like, like what, are you, what are you looking at just to see how it's playing out? Or what are you experimenting with these days? Yeah, CRM, big time. 99% of medical groups aren't on CRM yet, and they need to be. It's going to be the way things go, not just in that you need to communicate better with your existing patients. And I'll give an example of how that's not happening yet later down this podcast. Not only do we need to communicate better with one-to-one -one messaging with our existing patients, but CRM can you be used to track back acquisition metrics and attribution metrics to your marketing platforms. And that's the technology we're working on. It's called Patient Stream. I'm not going to promote it on this, but we're in beta with a couple of clients right now. And why I'm excited about is because it solves the biggest problem I've been hearing from a lot of our clients. And I have a marketing podcast as well. And I hear it from a lot of healthcare marketers out there. We don't know where to spend the next dollar. We don't know what, how many patients were driven from our marketing campaigns. And that's what we're trying to solve. You have companies out there like Datarama, uh, Salesforce just acquired them for like 2 billion bucks or 1.2 billion, I think. And they do something similar to this and that you can connect your marketing platforms into Salesforce and it'll tell you which Facebook ad, which BPC ad yielded that patient, the value of the patient through connecting with an EMR potentially. So that's where our marketers need to keep their eye on. If you really want to go to that executive team and, and tell them where the next dollar should be spent, it's going to be through a combination of CRM and attribution technology. Well, I look forward to seeing that getting even off the ground, uh, fully in out there in the market because it's the kind of tool that really does help shape that conversation with the executive team, like you're saying, be able to really explain that in a much better, more realistic way. So that's one. That's a big piece. Anything else for in-house teams to keep in mind these days? You know, it feels like you've got a really good sense of where they are, where they're coming from, and what they are being asked. So anything else that would be useful for in-house teams to be aware of these days? Something I would say is make sure you're augmenting your in-house team with agency support. I think we're seeing we're still in the black and white time of I'm either in-house or I'm using agencies. It doesn't need to be like that. And I don't think that's the best utilization of your team. In-house is great for a lot of things. They know your brand better, so the content's going to be much better. Your social is going to be better. They're going to understand your positioning better. But agency support can be really useful because agencies are going to conferences. They're working with other clients. And the beauty is they're not just working with other healthcare clients. They might be working with Papa John's, the athletes, you know, various retail and restaurant businesses. And they're going to bring the newest tech to your group. If you just have an in-house team, how are you going to get access to those new technologies and mindsets? It's very difficult. So I would say, try to find the balance to all my in-house marketers out there. And you don't just need agencies. Like I said, Upwork can be great. If you find some really tech-savvy, innovative marketers on there, you don't need an agency. But make sure you've got some outside people looking in on your campaigns. Fantastic, man. This, is, this has been like, it really has been a rocket ride. It's, uh, it, it's fantastic because I, I feel like what I keep hearing over and over again is just this thought of, like this doesn't have to be overwhelming. Things are happening, you know, and it all depends on how much effort each marketer puts into understanding the tech, 
experimenting with it, trying it, and being confident in the way that we convey the value of it to our leadership team, to our executives, to our fellow marketers, so they understand day-to-day why a campaign needs to be this way and why we need to optimize it in a certain way and so forth. So thank you for sharing all that. As we roll into our last segment, this is a Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real. Keeping it real is just one simple question to you. And I'm very curious where you take this one because it's an open-ended question on purpose. I guess I like to ask this because it helps us realize that to be a good marketer in healthcare means being more than just a marketer. It means understanding why we're doing the things we're doing. And that means that if we're doing marketing right, that we actually have the capability of improving healthcare. We actually have a very big part and connecting people with the answers and the care that they need. And that means we, we can improve lives ourselves. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but we have to do that by achieving our business goals. And so that's where that's the genesis of this question in this segment. And so very curious where you take this. The question is, what's one thing marketers can do better to improve healthcare? Mm, yeah, and it's a good question. I recently, so early last January, I was playing basketball five minutes into the first game and I tore my ACL. My son was at the game. It was very embarrassing. I was playing with his stepdad. He told me not to cry. I didn't. And I went in to get the MRI right after I had torn the uh, torn the ACL. It was actually a week later. I tried to tough it out. I didn't think it was a torn ACL. I went to get the MRI. I won't name any names of health systems here in Atlanta, but I get the MRI in the system's uh, radiology department. And then a radiologist sends me an email and says, uh, with a report, as everybody knows, your MRI is totally torn. You're going to need surgery. Okay. I wait one day, two days. Surely the health system is going to contact me, schedule me in to meet with one of their surgeons. Three days, four days, five days go by. No one contacts me from this health system. And I won't name names, but I thought that was absolutely crazy. I mean, this is what, a $15,000, $20,000 operation? And no one contacts me, so I said, screw it. I'm going to go to Google, and I'm going to find my own, own orthopedic surgeon to repair my ACL. And that's what I did. I went to, uh, I went to Google, and I found a, a pretty renowned ACL surgeon here in town. And I went, and he was not in the same health system. And that all could have been alleviated if someone from the marketing team had connected the dots with someone receiving something in the MRI department, maybe through a CRM, and it notified, it, it notified the appropriate service line manager to do something about it. I don't know if that's a marketing issue or if that's an operational issue. I've never worked in-house at a hospital system. But marketers, if we can lead the forefront of making sure our departments are talking to each other and boosting revenue, I think we should. I mean, it's got to be on us to boost the revenue of the system or the group that we work at. And that's one big way. So make sure your departments are talking to each other. That was crazy to me that that was not connected when that happened to me. Awesome story. Holy cow. You are not the first one to have a story like that. You know, it is crazy. I do feel like, you know, my take on that is that that can be the marketer's role if they choose to play that role within their organization. There is no one assigned to connect those dots and bring those departments together. Everyone tends to stop. They think it's a relay race. And as soon as they've handed off the baton, they're like, "Mm, I'm out. You know, they're, they're not necessarily playing together and all playing the same game on the same team. When they are, marketing tends to have had a hand in it. So I know it's possible. I just don't know the marketers always think of themselves in that way. They're like, well, like, when am I going to have time to do that? And it's like, if you're doing what you're doing correctly, then that's going to happen one way or the other because it's it's actually key to your success as well. So, yeah, I like it. 
Yeah, great story. Alex, this has been a fantastic trip here. Uh, love just this thought of, of the energy that you bring into what we're doing every day. And wanted to thank you for that. Wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. Wanted to wish you the best with the new baby. Hope the sleeping trend continues. That's a fabulous news. For listeners who want to connect with you and they want to hear more about what you're doing, what you've got going on, how's, how do they do that? What's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, at the end of the day, we should show up on Google, right? So maybe go to Google and type in medical marketing company or healthcare marketing agency or something like that. And if my agency doesn't come up at the top, then I don't deserve to be found. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right, brother. 